0: of King's Grace special, a travel edition. My name's Bina 007 and I am recording this from King's Landing aka Dubrovnik Croatia and I have roped in Adam Drowned Snow on the forums so What's I can that? tell him a little bit about <laughs> exactly so I can tell them a bit about the holiday and hopefully if any of you are planning to come it'll give you some tips and it won't sound like I'm psychotic so and just talking to myself so yay. Have you ever been to um, Croatia or anywhere like that or any of the kind of Filming locations of other geek stuff, Adam. Um.
1: Oh well, not specifically. No. I mean, I've been, I've been a few places in Europe, but not anywhere that I can think of that was like really cool like that. I've always wanted to go to places like, um, like where they filmed A New Hope. They've still got they call the, I think it's a hotel now, like the Luke's Farm from Star Wars and everything. But it's mm. kind of hard to get to, you know. Um. I mean, I've been to places where they filmed stuff like in America but no, no cool exotic locations like that.
0: Yeah. I'd love to go to Tunisia to a new hope. I've been to Tunisia to sort of beachy holidays back in the day before the political issues, but um, yeah, I'd love to do all that. But the good news about Dubrovnik is if you live in Europe, it's really close to everywhere and you can get like cheap flights. So from London, which is about the furthest away in Europe, it's a two hour flight and the airport's like 20 minutes from the town center and it's super clean, super safe I'm here with my friend Kirillie, my best friend, who's also a Game of Thrones geek. And there's two girls holidaying here. I mean, you could literally walk around with your handbag open. I wouldn't recommend it, but it's like Ugh, such an Just rub it
1: in European.
0: I know. No, honestly, it's like so different from London. Like we were saying, like, we were sort of walking back from dinner one night around these twisty, turning alleys, dark alleys in the old city. We are like, we would never do this in London. But here it just feels so safe. Because I think it's all about tourism, so they just have to be... They Everything's have very to be clean and, yeah. Yeah, considering the volume of people who come through this place, it's like compared to if any of the listeners have been to sort of London or some of these like historic city centres like Rome or Venice or whatever, it's so clean and people are just, the kind of demeanour of people here is so friendly and lovely. So I would I would recommend it regardless of the geek stuff as a place for a long weekend. But they've also had um, Star Wars Episode Eight filming here. So you can actually come here and do the two for two sort of Game of Thrones Star Wars geek um, tours as we did in fact. Um, although we didn't really realize Star Wars Episode Eight was filming here until we got here, so yeah, I, guess I, saw, actually, I
1: saw those pictures. Um, I guess it's just a good location, and uh, I don't know, kind of, kind of where, where the location is. But I, I didn't, I didn't realize that anything Star Wars would be shooting there. But I guess it's a big galaxy.
0: So it's apparently it's the most beautiful place in the galaxy, uh, Corellian, Corellia. Where's Han Solo from? How do you pronounce that planet?
1: I think it's Corellia.
0: Corellia. I Think. Yeah, okay. So basically, I guess let's do let's do the Game of Thrones first, because if people don't want spoilers for episode eight, because in fairness, Last Jedi hasn't been out yet, I guess for the last ten minutes they don't have to listen to that bit. Does that sound fair? Yeah, um, yeah. So I was a bit nervous actually coming here because I obviously haven't watched the last two seasons of the TV show, but actually, because all the actions in King's Landing, there was only one minor little spoiler that came through, otherwise it was all pretty cool, I have to say. So effectively, you come to Dubrovnik and it's it's part of modern day Croatia, which used to be part of the former Yugoslavia, which was like an Iron Curtain communist country. And before then has been conquered basically by lots of different people. So it's very rich in its own history. But everything that you want to see that's Game of Thrones-tastic is effectively in three locations and I'll do them kind of in reverse order. So <laughs> I'll start with the one that we didn't go to. So We've had some really bad weather, unfortunately, but there's an island outside of Dubrovnik called Lokrum, which is only 10 minutes away by ferry. And it's a beautiful wooded island and it just has on it like a monastery and an old Napoleonic fort. Um, But if the weather's windy, they won't take you out there. So we actually didn't manage to go, which sucks because that's where they've got the Game of Thrones visitor center with the actual Iron Throne. (laughs) So the city of Dubrovnik apparently bought it from HBO for not very much money, weirdly. Um, it's also where they shot the outside of the House of the Undying. So apparently the round base of Hotu was already there and part of the fort, and they CGI'd the top top bit of it. So um, that would have been cool, but we didn't get to go there, which is very sad. Um, And then the other place to go to is a place called Trostano, which isn't in Dubrovnik. It's a 20-minute taxi drive away. Taxis are actually not super cheap, considering everything else is super cheap where you could hire a car, I guess. That and it's not, an op- yeah, it's weird, right? Like we took um, literally like a five minute taxi drive up to the ridge above the city because there's this amazing panoramas. And that cost 20 euros, which is, I guess, in dollars. <laughs> <tans. laughs> what? I don't know what that would be in dollars. Like maybe 20, I mean, 20 bucks. It's pretty much one to one, isn't it? Um, which uh, seemed like oh has
1: it? It used to be. It was like a I think it was like a buck and a half or something. But
0: yeah, exactly. It was a lot of money. Like in in a in a city where you can eat amazingly beautiful food and pay like fifteen pounds a head, that just seemed randomly out of kilter. But we checked with a bunch of people. We're like, have we been ripped off? And they're like, no, no, no. That is the standard price. So, That's the
1: regular price. I know. Like like well, when I was in Morocco, it's like everything was cheap. And yeah. I get across town for like two bucks. Yeah, so.
0: exactly. Well, this is this is not this is not a cheap place for taxis, and I think it's partly because it's all a one-way system and stuff. But that doesn't really seem to account for it. But anyway, if you go to Tristano, which is a 20-minute drive, it's a beautiful arboretum. So it's like a public park with botanical gardens, and some rich family 100 years ago built this beautiful summer villa on a cliff overlooking the beautiful Adriatic Sea. So you just have the most beautiful views. You can look out to the island of um, Lockard and it's very, very lovely. And the, the entrance to get in is nominal. It's something like, you know, two pounds or whatever. And if you go in there, you can see all the kind of high garden um, stuff. And also anytime in King's Landing where they're in somewhere that looks like a garden. So scenes such as Sansa trying to flirt with her rainbow knight early on in the story. Um, The scene where the scenes where Sansa is, you know, sneaking off to Sedontos and gets given the necklace, not the necklace, you know, the stuff that's going to have the poison for the purple wedding. You have, you know, all those scenes where Sansa's eating lemon cakes and a nice little table overlooking the sea. Oh, lovely lemon cakes. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, being basically manipulated by the Queen of Thorns or like hanging out with Marjorie, all that stuff is it for And it's really, really, really beautiful and very easily recognizable. Like, I don't think they did much. They didn't have to do much CGI. Like, the only thing they did is there's a few like crosses. It's a very Catholic country on the building. So they were just sort of CGI on some roses or some flowers or whatever. Um, and they have so to like, if take you, you, out
1: yeah. anything modern looking, I guess.
0: Actually, I mean, there, there isn't, because it hasn't been inhabited for for a long time. So I don't think there's much modern looking. It's just, you know, where there's obvious sort of stuff in the architecture that's obviously not got the symbols that are appropriate. But yeah, all Sansa and Queen of Thorns fans. So all of those kind of sitting in the garden under the orange trees, eating shitloads of gorgeous food. <laughs> that's all that Tristano. You Blood can do oranges. Anything. Blood oranges, there you go. Blood oranges and sedontus. That's all up there. And it would only take you an hour, like literally getting there and back and then maybe an hour to be there, but really beautiful. Um, and apparently we were talking to the tour guide and she said not, like she does Game of Thrones tours every day of the year. And she said that probably only 5% of people go up there, but actually it's like the most beautiful location, So I would recommend it.
1: Interesting. Um, is it is it just because it's a little more out of the way people don't go up there?
0: I think also, I think a lot of people who come to Dubrovnik do it on cruise ships and they literally have, you know, from 10 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon, they have to be back on the ship. So maybe they feel they don't have time. So maybe that's. Yeah, you
1: you got to pick what you're doing. That boat will leave without you.
0: Yeah. But if, if you are coming here for filming locations and I would strongly recommend coming here for two to three days because there's so much beautiful stuff to see. Then you should definitely make the effort to go and then the only other filming location is basically when you look at Dubrovnik the way it's set up is it's it's like a tiny strip a vertical strip of land on the coast and sort of on the west side is the Adriatic coast and on the east side is this this very sheer mountain range called Mount Serge, Spelled S R D. I SRD I think some of the Danny sort of roaming around the wasteland stuff was filmed up there and they've got a quarry as well so I guess that wouldn't be accessible kind of as a location to see but it was filmed up there but what they do have because basically in 1991 um Serbia declared war and, Bos- and Monten- Montenegro declared war on Croatia when when Yugoslavia was breaking down as a country and um Dubrovnik came under siege so actually there's loads of historical parallels between Game of Thrones and the real history of King's Landing um and real history sorry Dubrovnik and so you can go to the fort that's on that mountain, this Napoleonic fort, that was basically the only thing that was, you know, occupied by Croatian troops to keep the city from being bombed, you know, utterly taken over. But it's really freaky, like seeing the city that looks like this historic, beautiful walls, old city. And those old medieval fortresses were literally where people were hiding out in my lifetime because they were being bombed by sea and air. So that's kind of like sobering, I guess. Um, hmm. So it's worth going up to Mount Serge and going to that fort just because it's got all the history of the 91 Wall, but there's not really a Game of Thrones location. You can actually take a cable car up there. And again, we were unlucky because it was too windy to take it, but hence we took the really overpriced cab. But the cable car costs as much as the taxi, so the whole way up there is expensive and when you get to the top there's a really nice restaurant um, which is actually really cheap and reasonable but there is that fort the Napoleonic fort is now a museum to the what they call the homeland war and it's really worth doing incredibly moving and I think that was the shock to me coming here as a sort of fantasy geek that there was so much amazing and recent history to get into they kind of feel aggrieved the people of Dubrovnik that they were under siege for four months and no one from the international community came to help them they were they were blatantly aggressed hmm. on, and, and no they were just one kind of to,
1: left alone.
0: Yeah, because like they were they, they kind of thought, even though their country was at war, because it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, they kind of thought no one would, and they're not like strategically important. they They were shocked to become under siege, and they were like, well, yeah, the European community sent some observers, great, but no one actually came to relieve us. Yeah, so it's amazing connected
1: to the rest of croatia they're like cut off
0: exactly so they were <laughs> cut off from the rest of croatia and really what kept them going is all this medieval fortress that is the old city like the fortress the old wells all that medieval architecture that was put in kind of to protect them back in the day just all came in useful still But works. you know <laughs> so yeah it, it still
1: purpose? works yeah.
0: basically but just to see these normal people in this totally undefended town just like hiding out in these medieval fortresses and you know, it, it was deeply shocking. So I would strongly recommend anyone going up to Mount Serge, even though it's not really, I mean, Game of Thrones stuff was up there so you can see the vistas and it does look very Danny-esque, but obviously you can't sort of, you can't go in there. So kind of like the main thing or the main reason to come here is effectively, there's a walled city in Dubrovnik that sort of one side is to the the, the coast and one side is to the land. And it just contains these beautiful medieval buildings, all with a red-tiled roof. So the, the unity of the architecture was there. And that is King's Landing. And when you look at the kind of the photos of the scenes that they show you, they really didn't do much CGI. They took out a few crosses on top of churches, put in the great scepter Baylor, but pretty much kept it as it was. And you almost can turn any street and see a scene from King's Landing it's stunning. It takes about two days to really explore it. It's just the city walls you can climb up to them and walk all the way around the city walls, which is really cool. So scenes that would be filmed in there is you can do the whole Cersei Walk of Shame if you so should so choose. Um, is it like is
1: it mapped out for you? They have like maps um, for the walk of shame?
0: Yeah, that's basically like you can either go like there's so many tours running and they're all really cheap. Like you would pay the equivalent of maybe $15 for a walking tour if you want a guide yeah which is I would say it's worth doing but you can you can do it kind of like I'm going to just tell you now where all the shooting sites are so as you come into basically the Pile Gate is the main or Pile Square is the main square as you go into the main gate the Pile Gate and if you look there you can see this view out to the ocean and that is basically where all the scenes are where anyone's wishing anyone leaving by boat so where you know people are wishing Marcella off as she goes off to dawn all those scenes are filmed there as you go into the sort of through the there's two big arches to get into the cities you go through the Pile arch which is the main one and you see this road winding down that's basically where a lot of the crowd scenes would have been filmed so for instance when Joffrey gets pelted with dung during the riots Um, There's a scene also of Jamie and Brienne in King's Landing. I know, classic moment. So that's the kind of the entrance into the old city. And then you go through an archway and you're actually in it. And as you get into it, there's this big fountain on Ofrio's Fountain, which is where all the visitors back in medieval times would have to wash themselves before being let into the city because they were paranoid about plague and shit like that. And as you go into the old city, the the sort of key places, I would say, are there's a Jesuit monastery. Um, very easy to find because it's massive. And that is basically the start of the Walk of Shame. That's what they CGI'd into the Great Sept of Baelor. And as you go to that monastery, you will notice a very prominent set of steps winding down to the city, through the city. And that's where the first half of the Walk of Shame was. So interestingly, they were trying to start it from the actual city cathedral and the Catholic Church objected to that. So then they asked the Jesuits and the Jesuits said, fine, so hilarious. Yeah, I Um,
1: remember reading that.
0: Yeah, so basically that happened. And then the second half of the Walk of Shame is, there's a very prominent um, fortress called Revelin Fortress on the other main gate of the city, the Plotcher Gate. And the sort of the road up to that is the second half of the Walk of Shame. So you can, it's really obvious when you're on those roads that that is like, you'll recognize it very clearly. There's only one museum in the city called the Rupert Ethnographic Museum. And outside that are some of the little finger scenes. So for instance... Um, little finger of Aris. Like when you see it, it's like an archway and and you'll very much recognise what's going on there. The other kind of stuff I would say is there's a main square um, outside the sponsor palace and opposite the main cathedral. Again, that's a big open space. So you have a lot of the kind of the mob crowd scenes there. But what the key point to remember is it's only seasons two onwards that are filmed in King's Landing. Season one was actually filmed in Malta. So Apparently, everyone always asked them, where was Ned beheaded? And that, like, not in book. Not like, yeah, it wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, which I didn't realize they filmed season one in Malta. I kind of associate it so much I know they'd Girocha. switched
1: locations. I thought it was in season three, but um, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Huh. And, and apparently, in the next season, the final season, most of the filming of King's Landing is going to be in Spain, in um, Girona. And very, very little is going to be in Gibrovnik. I don't really know why either interesting anyway.
1: maybe, yeah. maybe it was just you know dealing with the local government or something or you know, cheaper yeah, production
0: if you, if you go up onto the city walls at the Revelin fortress entrance that is the least steps which I have to say you have to be fracking fit to come to the city because it's just steps and steps and steps basically <laughs> as Car and I found out so you're
1: saying right. I need to hit the gym.
0: Well, I, I, I feel I've hit the gym on this holiday. Like I was planning on going on a bit of a fitness thing when I got back from holiday, but I feel that this is like, we're doing on average like 20, 25,000 steps a day and it is all staircases. So yeah, yeah I'm seeing a little um, bit
1: right now. I'm doing like the street view walk of shame here um, with Google street view. <laughs>
0: yeah. there you go. And It's
1: a lot of walking.
0: And today was torrential renaissance, so we were doing it on slippery polished stone, so that was just acres of fun. But anyway, if you get on the city walls, you can walk around the entire city wall, which takes about an hour and a half. But the, the thing that you really want is the section between the Revelin Fortress and the Minch, Minchetta Fortress, that leg of wall, which is basically the wall that is facing east, if my geography is correct, and you have a lot of shooting going there. So you have a scene with Tyrion and Varys, where Tyrion comes out of the barrel, very easy to spot. You have, in the Minchetta Fort, has this very distinctive archway. And from, like, if you look from inside the fort through the archway and out to the city, that is where Varys was coming to look for Gendry. That was the blacksmith. So that's, that's a very particular scene. And just the bit of curved wall as you come out of there is part of what they were using for the house house of the undying so although the kind of like exterior shots of it kind of as a big round thing was on lockard island the actual kind of curved wall and the little doorway through which danny goes is basically the bottom section of the minchetta tower so that's the kind of um you know really cool part of that to have a look at so yeah you can do the whole set of walls but that particular side has a lot of um scenes in it and also there are scenes of Shea looking out to the old port as is M- being sent off as well so anytime anyone's on a high wall looking down at the sea that, that's where that will be filmed. So that's pretty much it for the old city Um although it all looks very I don't know it just does look how you would imagine King's Landing to look so from that perspective it's really cool. The opposite the main gate so the Pile Gate on the other side of this Um, Sort of view to the sea where Marcella went off to dawn is St. Lawrence's Fortress. So that was the big fortress put on top of a cliff to kind of defend anyone trying to attack the old city, but it only had one gun in it, so it wasn't massively useful. The rocks at the bottom of that fortress and that little bit of water is Blackwater Bay. It's also the steps down to it that wind down that is where all the bastards were being killed, all of Robert's bastards were being drowned by Cersei. Um, And when you get to the top of the fortress and go inside it, again, like the entrance is something really minimal, like, you know, probably the equivalent of five bucks. Everything that you see that was filmed inside the Red Keep on location was filmed inside that fortress. It's also the scene of Joffrey's name day. um, Very clear to see like it's you. I kind of almost feel like you don't need a tour guide because once you're in it the cgi dressing is Mm. so minimal like all they're doing is taking out the cannon because it's fixed and everything else is pretty much as it is but what they were saying is because all the tour guides basically are extras in in the filming they're saying that it's all filmed in august and it's 35 degrees and under those costumes people regularly faint i mean it's it's really because it gets really hot well you gotta have
1: a lot of extras extra extras you might say
0: extra extras and then he, she was always t- she was also telling us about how I didn't realize this. Apparently, um, in season one and two, Lena Headey was like dating Bronn, but then she ended up getting knocked up by Oberon by the end.
1: Yeah, like they like apparently, uh, if you believe you know the internet, they they like don't do scenes together anymore because they can't be in the same room together.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: they're just like angry over something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, But it really makes you appreciate just how good the HBO location people are. Not because they have to change the location so much. I mean, Dubrovnik really is kind of, it is what it is and you don't have to do much. But just none of that is accessible. It's all twisty, turny, medieval hours of steps. So just getting like the, the camera equipment and the lighting equipment and the sets and everything up there must have just been such a mission.
1: Um, clearing so yeah, so streets, the, all that, yeah.
0: Well, apparently what they do is they um, they kind of just pay off the shopkeepers and stuff. And it's
1: kind of... Okay, it's like, yeah, go away.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, they were telling us the story. Of basically they were filming a scene of Brienne and Jamie just inside, so on the inside of the city, but at the, the Pila Gate, which is the main gate to come into the old city. So they'd closed these massive, you know, military-style wooden fortress doors to film kind of on the inside of it. And this cruise ship full of people, like, normally they come up from the cruise ships and that's the door they come into. And they were banging on it, let us in, let us in. And they actually, like, had to stop filming to let these guys through. Hilarious. <laughs> and then they, and after that, they're like, okay, you schmuck, you stand outside and direct them to the other gate because this is ridiculousness. But I thought that was really funny, like, literally closing the city walls to film. We're closed exactly. today. Exactly. Old. And there's people who live inside the old city. I mean, not masses of them, but they genuinely live there, so... That must be fun. Um so that's pretty much it. I would say that like honestly, you can do a proper Game of Thrones tour. You could do all the stuff in the old city and all the stuff in St. Lawrence's Fortress and the Tristano Arboretum comfortably in one day, and then maybe do the lock the lock Room Island and the bid on Mount Serge and the fort that's up there, maybe another half day. So you could do it all in two days, but I guess my advice is we've seen, Carolee and I, so many people like who come for half a day or a day and trying to run around and there's no way you can get all the locations and see, actually not just the location, but just see the beautiful history behind it as well. So please don't rob yourself of the time. Any other, so should I go on to Star Wars stuff? That's pretty much all the Game of Thrones stuff.
1: Yeah, sure, sure. I'm right now but do you, the, the but do view you, from Lockerbie Island is like beautiful, man. Like,
0: do you not hmm? want to hear um, Star Wars episode eight stuff though?
1: Oh no, I'm fine. I don't, I don't okay. you know me. I don't believe in spoilers.
0: Okay, cool. So basically, what's quite funny is like a lot. Well, not a lot. Every single tourist shop in um, Dubrovnik basically has Game of Thrones all over it, like a bad rash. But now every tourist shop also has all the Star Wars stuff, and a lot of them have picked. You know that really iconic image from Rogue One with Jedda, and then the sort of the Imperial ship over it. Do you know what Yeah, I mean? like, yeah. Quite early on, and say so, you know, Star Wars, you know, filmed here. When they're
1: like, they're like, when they're like um, emptying the temple or whatever.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, but to be clear, nothing of Rogue One was filmed there. That's just complete bollocks. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> I got really excited. I was like, because I love Rogue One, and Curie and I had literally. We just watched it together the previous week and like, oh my god, we're going to Jidda This is like really cool. Yeah. So that's not that's not what's going on. But what was filmed there this time last year was Star Wars Episode 8. So The Last Jedi and the filming name was Space Bear. So you, you see a lot of people wandering around with um, episode eight space bear t-shirts on. Interesting. So what's kind of interesting about doing the Star Wars tour is the tour guides can tell you what was filmed and they show you the pictures and how it was done but because you haven't seen the final film you don't really know what's going to make it in so so what i'm going to now tell you about is stuff that is completely supposition i guess
1: was was the, this maybe the stuff that uh, that leaked online with um with like they had formal wear on maybe
0: yeah exactly so well there's a, there's a bunch of stuff that's being filmed but the how to start if you, outside of the walled city, so if you go outside of the, the Plotcher Gate with the Revlin Fortress and walk out of the city that way, you basically are on this beautiful cliff edge that overlooks a very nice beach and a very flash-looking hotel. The guide was showing us all these pictures of like a land cruiser just parked outside of this hotel, which is quite funny. And lots of um, guards, which I don't know if they're imperial or whether they're, first order new order it's so confusing with the new Star Wars movies but in a uniform we've definitely never seen before so um, I can put those on the forum and people can can see if they can figure out who those guys are but what they did was they hired a cruise ship like a, a sort of a pleasure boat so to say um, and they didn't kind of cover up any of the markings on the side of the boat so that makes me think they're going to see chair that out and then they sent that ship to sea with lots of men and women in very dressy, formal wear. And a lot of the women looked like they had Naboo-style hairstyles, but everyone was in black and white. So it either looks like something very formal or potentially a funeral. Mm. So the hypothesis is because, I think when they were filming Space Bear here, someone let slip from Disney the, the, the concept that Dubrovnik was the most beautiful location in the galaxy. And apparently somewhere in the Star Wars literature, that's what they call Corellia. It's the most where Han Solo's from. So the idea is that people would be gathered on this planet for, the, for Han Solo's funeral, and that maybe going out on this ship, because why would you make the effort of putting people on the water in a boat and then see out the ocean? There must be some scene that's gonna be on the ocean. So the idea is maybe they're scattering ashes or doing the funeral. And then you come into the old city of Dubrovnik. So the, if, you're, if you're here anyway, the main, the main street of, of the old city is called the Straden, this beautiful wide open street. It has these kind of shop windows, and everything's very regular. Like the the the, the, the buildings all look the same, but they've been dressed with those classic sort of curvy type Star Wars sort of openings, and like the little you know those panels they always have beside doors with like the red lights on them and everything. And these kind of oh light. yeah. yeah. It kind of looks like a, a kind of combination of sort of Mose Isley and maybe something a bit posher or you know, it's just it just looks very rogue one when you see them all dressed up in these kind of fake polystyrene and then painted facades. And there's lots of pictures of John Ballega um, and Oscar Isaac walking down in costume. And the idea is that so that the main good guys must be there for the funeral and then when you look at the way the track is laid on that main street it almost looks like a land speeder has like veered into a wall and crashed and then there's lots of explosions and there's there must be some kind of force jump or something because at the end of the straden is there's a bunch of palaces and then there's a big uh, dominican uh, monastery and it has very sheer walls because it the walls shear into the city walls and they'd rigged up this thing up the side of it and across the top of it. And apparently, a stuntman who looked just like Finn, uh, not Finn, who looked just like Rey, so a stuntwoman, in fact, was kind of being thrown from the street up to the top of it, almost like you've been kind of moved up by the force. Like it would, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Hmm. So the idea is that they're there for Han Solo's funeral. By this point, Finn has woken up somehow, and then sh- all shit kicks off there's explosions the land speeder has a crash someone gets into a massive force-related fight
1: and maybe what maybe maybe ray is somehow done with old man skywalker
0: i don't know yeah anyway so oh. i don't know but i don't if, if people have other theories please like chat on the forums because i'm so intrigued now it's kind of like trying to play it all cool about episode eight, but now I really want to know what all that's about. But the funny thing is, so basically, most of that action is the Straden, And the main street the dominican monastery the other place you have to check out is the rector's palace so the rector's palace is the palace of the guy who ran the city sort of aristocratic official it's actually closed for renovation until may so we didn't get to go in although we could kind of peek in so that is it's a beautiful staircase so sometimes in king's landing when you see cersei or someone in king's landing sort of coming down the palace staircase and having a chat with someone that will be that staircase but they also did some star wars filming in there so if that's in the film, that will be really recognizable because it's a very sort of classic, iconic Dubrovnik scene. But it's really funny, like, just seeing how they did kind of all the kind of set dressing. So they'd have scenes of people going down a street and wherever there's an air conditioning sort of rectangular unit, they just sort of like cover it up with some sort of Star wars looking mechanical thing with fake <laughs> coming out. And it's just, and it's so kind of like on the cheek in a way. Like if you can put yeah. random dusty looking power pack type stuff, you can cover up
1: the prop department's just like, look, there's a lot of air conditioners. I need you to make me like a hundred of these things. <laughs>
0: and all like, like some of it is like he was showing us the props, and they're just so they're so cheap. And like, you know, sort of big foam polystyrene just covered in pe- like spray paint, basically. And they have these big sort of maneuver um sort of like portable pillars of wall that they can just put in in front of pipes and stuff it it's just i mean some of it's like so cheap and nasty considering how expensive those films are to make but on that's on the screen.
1: great part about movie magic it's like you you see stuff like man it looks amazing and yeah like look at this whole oh these wires and this wall it's all metal and you, if you're ever on a set you're like yeah that's that's styrofoam <laughs> that's <laughs> like a piece that's, of set. yeah that's so just yeah, really well painted as styrofoam
0: Anyway, so if you if you do see, um, as we all will, The Last Jedi, if you see a bit on water with a nice island of locker room in the background, people in black and white, potentially it's something very formal, that's definitely Dubrovnik. And then the scene where all the shit goes to hell and the land speeder crashes in the wall and you've got um, uh, John Boyega and Oscar Isaac, that's all shot at night. So that will all be very moody and lit up at night. So um, yeah, that'll be Dubrovnik too. So they're really hoping... I think as a city that when some of the Game of Thrones stuff subsides, that the Star Wars stuff will take over. And then the other film that's filming here at the moment, or just finished filming here, is a Robin Hood remake. Because we needed another one of those.
1: I was going to say, they're doing another one?
0: Yeah, apparently it's produced by Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know if he's in it, but it stars Jamie Dornan and Jamie Foxx. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, worth checking out. But it just seems like Dubrovnik, now that Game of Thrones has discovered it, it's becoming this really popular filming location.
1: They've got like a really uh, generous like tax incentive policy or something to get people in. Well, I think,
0: they I, do have, I think they have tax breaks, but I think it is cheap because it's not yet in the Eurozone. So it has its own currency, the Kuna, and that's relatively accommodating. Right. But I think it's just nice. It's very easy to control the environment because it is a walled city, so you can, you know, you can control it you can um, close
1: the gates and tell people to screw off
0: yeah li- literally honestly like it, it's almost like you can have it as a closed ready built set and i've just never in my life i've done i love history and i've gone to lots of beautiful medieval historic towns i have never seen one with such beautiful intact but sort of thematically unified architecture it just it's it's just a set waiting to happen so that's pretty much it i would i would really encourage everyone to come yeah. And what I would say is compared to, because Kirill and I went to Northern Ireland last year to do all the Winterfell type locations, Northern Ireland was hard work because it's not really set up for tourism. There aren't that many hotels. There's not classic Game of Thrones tours you can take. You kind of have to figure it out yourself. Here, it's so easy. You could turn up with a day and a half, pay someone the equivalent of 25 bucks and just let them show you everything. It's it's
1: ready made. That's nice.
0: Yeah. How are um, are the,
1: the beaches and stuff? Have you done any of that yet?
0: Yeah, so oh, the other thing to say is everyone speaks fluent, like ridiculously good English.
1: Of so, course.
0: So yeah, the beaches in Dubrovnik are very nice, but they're relatively small. Um, so I would imagine in high summer they get really packed. Like I would say this is a history location, not a beach location. But if you go three hours up north up the Adriatic close to Split... Um, that's where the really amazing soft sand beaches are. And I've seen like people go on holiday there, and they look amazing. There's also um, some shooting locations in Split, very far fewer than in King's Landing, but one or two. Um, I think some of the Danny Carth scenes were in Split.
1: Hashtag Game of Thrones vacay.
0: Hashtag Game of Thrones vacay. We're doing one a year. So last year we did Northern Ireland. This year we've done Dubrovnik. And I think next year we're going to try and go to Iceland and do sort of be on the wall, basically. So yeah, that's the way forward.
1: Oh, very nice, very nice.
0: Advantages of being in Europe.
1: I was about to say, yeah, yeah. Lucky enough to be in Europe and just be able to to hop over and do this stuff. That's awesome.
0: I mean, I think that's probably also why a lot of these locations are being used because Pinewood Studios and basically the greater expanse of London is really having a resurgence and Britain's giving a lot of tax breaks to people filming there. So if you're filming, you know, Game of Thrones films in Northern Ireland, or if you're filming Star Wars in England, near London, and then you just need an exterior location, then these are all very accessible locations compared to that. So thank you all for listening. If you are on the forums and you have any questions about what we're up to and the tour guides we used and all that kind of stuff, let me know, and I'll I'll do my best to give you the information. But honestly, this is not like Northern Ireland. You can just turn up and there's no need to book in advance. You can turn up, find a walking tour and, and get going. Thank you very much, Adam. For yeah, well listening
1: thank to you me. for sharing. But I didn't I didn't realize like looking at the maps and stuff, I was like, it's not even connected to the rest of Croatia. <laughs> like well, I, was, I, now, now I'm interested in how that happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so basically it was ruled it was kind of like a vassal state under the crumbling Western Roman Empire. Um so you just used to it was always a very uh, wealthy very trading Byzantine,
1: post.
0: yeah. Yeah, so it would just pay the Romans money and then the Western Roman Empire crumbled and was kind of oh, let me get the order right. So that's yeah, the Byzantine Empire. And then I think they recognized that the Venetians were kind of going to be the upcoming peeps so they paid off the Venetians for 150 years like okay we'll be under you technically but just leave us alone and then the Venetian Republic came to an end and the Ottomans were on the rise and they basically managed to sort of for 450 years just become the independent Dubrovnik Republic and that was like the glory ages of the 15th and 16th century when all this architecture was built and they'd always just basically like they never had really military or people so they just had to play very clever diplomacy they were a republic until napoleon came in in 1808 and he wanted to fight effectively russia so he needed to get through dubrovnik to supply his his lines and basically decided actually this is a really cool place to hold i'm just going to attack it so he's the one who dissolved the dubrovnik republic and then when napoleon was defeated in 1815 that was kind of the end of the city-state when that whole peace treaty was done. So then it just got sort of absorbed into Croatia. And then it was under Austro-Hungarian Empire. Then Austro-Hungarians obviously lost World War One, so And then basically it became part of Yugoslavia. And then Yugoslavia became communist. Then communism, kind of, or Soviet Union ends in 1991. And then Yugoslavia has its own civil war. And Croatia gets kind of invaded. And really that only finished in nineteen ninety-eight, like the last bit of Croatia was yeah,
1: I mean, that's stuff I remember, you know. So
0: And there's so what what breaks my heart is right, you look at all this footage of Dubrovnik just being bombed the fuck out of it. And that's my lifetime, and you just think, why did we not do anything? Because simultaneously, at almost the same time, Kuwait's invaded by Iraq. And I'm not saying it was wrong for us to invade to defend Kuwait. Of course we should defend Kuwait as sovereign city state being invaded. But if the UN, you know, like, let's be even-handed. It's kind of, it's embarrassing yeah, to me yeah. as it a shows European. shows what we care about. Because apparently the European community, which I'm part of, right, the EC, sent kind of people just to sort of, like, uh, take notes of the stuff that was going on, and you're like, come on, guys. How, how is this possible? So,
1: yeah. And nowadays, I think, um, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but things have changed quite a bit, and uh, in just in terms of, you know, 24-hour news and social media and, and that sort of thing is you know spotlights get shined a lot a lot easier on stuff I just have to say that there isn't things that still kind of just are ignored but um I think you're, yeah, you're I mean, less think likely
0: that's what our tour guide was saying today she was like I cannot believe that in the age of social media Dubrovnik would be under siege for four months but you know everyone we meet like all our tour guides like anyone who's our age or 10 years younger they'll all say yeah, so for two years I was a refugee living in Italy with my brother while my and my mom while my dad was sort of trying to defend the city. It's like this is a totally normal story for them. Or yeah, we were kind of living in a hotel. You know, like, oh,
1: you mean like back during the Great War? Like no, no, no. This was in the yeah. 90s. This is
0: like 1990s <laughs> when I was a teenager. So it's really sobering. It's really. Did sobering. You guys get
1: the Fresh Prince? No, we got bombs.
0: Oh. Yeah, exactly. It's just, but they're so lovely, and you just—they're not kind of resentful, but they are a bit like. It was really funny, like we were doing the star wars tour and the guide he was so cool but and so polite but at one point one of the older english ladies who was with us said oh but we did we did help and i think she meant kind of the un eventually brokered a piece like four years later and he was like explain to me exactly what you guys did
1: yeah we, we, we we fixed it right we came in and we fixed it right right
0: yeah oh my god and i just felt so appalled i really felt appalled because croatia you know it's it's just across the coast from italy this truly is You're, you know, a European neighbor. Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, so people were going on vacation, you know, like uh, a stone's throw away. Like,
0: yeah, this is happening. So I find that kind of shocking that in our day and age that can happen. And I lived through it. And even I wasn't that aware of it. And I was a kind of pretty politically engaged teenager. So hence, I think Dubrovnik really does bear three or four days rather than two because As much as it's cool to do, like we've obviously done the Game of Thrones Star Wars experience, but I think it behooves you if you go somewhere to actually learn about it without sounding earnest and pompous. Like if you're going somewhere, take the time to learn a bit about their history, too, because it really is fascinating.
1: Yeah.